0: is Polyphonic Press, the podcast where two music fans pick a classic album completely at random. Using the patented random album generator, they are given an album to review from a curated list of over 1000 classic releases spanning multiple genres. And now onto the show. Here are your hosts, Jeremy Boyd and John Van Dyke.
1: Hey, welcome to Polyphonic Press. I'm Jeremy Boyd. And I'm John Van Dyke. And uh, let's not waste any time. We've got the uh, patented random album generator right in front of us here. So we're going to click the button and see what album we're going to be listening to this week. And the album we're going to listen to is Finley Quay, Maverick, A Strike. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what that is. I think it's a band, but I'm not 100% sure. So, he's a Scottish musician. This album came out in 1997. Okay. Um, so, on allmusic.com. So, it's a fairly short review. So, of. um so, it's a fusion of his own light reggae singing, urban contemporary production qualities, and mid tempo trip hop rambling. Finley Quay's debut album is an enjoyable effort. Particularly impressive is the range of Quay's voice, from a distinctive high tenor to barely audible whispering. In fact, the only problem with Maverick A Strike is the singer's lack of emotion, even while his voice stretches out on the highlight, I Need a Lover. It doesn't appear as though he cares much about the song. Okay. Okay, kind of a negative uh <laughs> yeah, thing so. going into it. Um okay, so the uh, album starts off with the song uh ultra stimulation. So here we go. Okay, so that was the first half of the album. Yep. Interesting album. Interesting. Uh, I, I, I'm not quite sure about it. Um, I can, I can kind of see where that review was saying. I feel like his voice is really good, and the instruments are really good, uh, but I feel like there's a bit of a disconnection between the two. What do, what do you think? Um, I figured, I I thought some songs worked better than others,
0: but, uh, I thought it was, uh, um, the disconnect between the, the voice and the instrument. Actually, I kind of picked up a little bit on that sometimes, but I didn't think it was like really, really all that bad. Um, there were sometimes moments where he, uh, I don't know, it, it, it sounded like two little two different things were going on or something like that like the band was playing and he was doing his thing sort of separately but that didn't happen all the
1: time no not all the time and not on all the songs like sunday shining i think was a, um that was that i like that one yeah but the the last one uh ride on and turn the people on uh that kind of it got a little repetitive and um and it just yeah, I just felt like there was a bit of a disconnection there, and as well as, uh, what was it? I think the second song. It's great when we're together. Um, I I just kind of noticed that that it was just kind of, um, like there, like he's. I I don't think the review was right in that he isn't feeling what he's singing, but I just. It, it seems like there's like he's you're like like what you said like he's doing his own thing and the music is doing something else and so there's just like the two different things going on at the same time and sometimes that can really work but I don't know if it always works here. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking it might be
0: uh sort of a thing where because it was recorded separately maybe.
1: And I'm guessing it definitely was. I don't think he was in the room with the band. No, it doesn't sound like Honestly, it sounds like a lot of this is uh, made from like, samples of other places, of other things and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I,
0: I think he had a band, but again, I think they were all recorded separately. So I think in a live setting, it'd probably be a lot better. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm, I'm sure he's probably a killer act to watch live
1: yeah I would actually like to see him live with a full band that would be uh i am sure it, you know that's kind of the thing that happened with um with a lot of bands like it's it's uh sometimes like their live performance is better than what they recorded or what's on record yeah you know and, and uh vice versa and vice versa yeah that happens a lot too um
0: it's just like, well, you sound really good in the record. Why do you sound like crap when you're you just sound like unrehearsed, and completely off your nut?
1: Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, no, I mean there there were some really good songs on here, like um, like uh, uh, Sunday Shining, and then the next one, even after all, I like that one too. Um, there, but there, are, so there are moments where you know. It's like, and I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm just saying it's, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of hard. Yeah. It's, it's,
0: it's. It comes together sometimes and other times it doesn't quite.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Like it, it's, it's like he really needed that band in the room to really get the, uh, to get that feel. But I guess the producer decided, no, I, there's no way I can get a clean vocal track if you do that.
1: Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It sounds like, um. It was just kind of pieced together rather than a performance. Well, I'm curious to hear the rest of the album. Uh, so let's uh, continue on. Um, so the second half of the album starts off with a song, uh, The Way of the Explosive. Or no, that's the one we just heard, isn't it? That's the one we just listened to. Okay, so the next one starts off with, uh, the next half of the album starts off with uh, Your Love Gets Sweeter. Okay, ending the album with the title track, Maverick a Strike. Um Yeah, so I think the second half of the album I did sort of connect with it more. Um, and I think part of it was I saw that like on when we're playing it, I saw that the genre was pop. So I think I had kind of had that in my mind going into it. So when I realize that oh, okay, no, this isn't a pop record. It's kind of like a psychedelic record.
0: Yeah, it's 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 psychedelic. It's it's kinda. Um it's uh it's it's a dub record in a lot of ways. Yeah, so it definitely has very, that
1: influence.
0: Yeah. Especially on tracks like uh what's the uh Supreme Prime. Supreme I Prime, yeah. Supreme I Prime. Is that an I? Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yes. So there's that um Sunday Shining was almost like a, a that was the most pop song, I guess. Um but yeah, especially that last that last track was uh, almost like a, a completely off the cuff sort of thing. I think he was
1: just sort of um just riffing. Yeah, I mean it, it's uh that's where I kind of got the, the psychedelic sort of idea, as well as I think it was uh, the the instrumental track, which was uh, Red Rolled and Seen. Um, that's sort of where I got the, the kind of clued in. It's like, oh, OK, this isn't really a pop record. This is this is something completely different. And you know i i think this is i think i was just seeing it as something that it wasn't and um that definitely helped to sort of get rid of get rid of that lens of you know seeing it as a pop record and then the preconceived notion going in right exactly yeah um it it's true
0: i think they basically put it under pop cuz they didn't know what else to do with it um but it's it's not really a pop record. I mean, there's pop elements to it, but uh and in 90s, the 90s was probably the last time where you could really throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Um and this is like 97, so really it's at the tail end of all that. Um yeah, and uh this album definitely does have a, a lot of like it uh it, it juggles around with a lot of different uh, sort of uh, genres. Um yeah what what was it like uh described as it was described as sort of like a uh sort of a a soul but
1: um yeah um well it's it's weird it's his um Okay so on his Wikipedia page it's uh the genres that he is Categorized under is progressive soul, uh, tri- yeah. trip hop, and reggae. Well, there you go. Yeah. That makes a lot more
0: sense, um, than, than a pop album. So, yeah. I would definitely, uh, put it definitely more under the, the, the reggae dub sort of thing like that. But there's, there's, uh, like, uh, it's very experimental in a lot of ways. He, uh, wasn't trying to, uh, you know, pigeonhole himself into any one genre really
1: yeah and it's it's sort of like each track although there is like there are similar themes running through the whole thing each track is pretty unique from the last like um uh what was it um uh your love gets sweeter well that kind of really is a pop song but then supreme i preem is a straight up reggae dub thing so it's like you know he's kind of just like kind of going you know uh kind of experimenting with whatever and just sort of saying well i'm you know today i feel like doing this kind of thing or you know and he's not afraid to um to try something you know to take a risk and you know and
0: some work and some don't i find his his dub stuff definitely has a tendency to work He, he, he uh he really knows how to do that genre really well. Yeah, I, um, but I I admire his experimenting. Yeah. Is this his first album?
1: This is his first album, yeah.
0: Yeah, well there you go. I mean, this is actually pretty strong for uh, um, a um uh, a a really experimental first outing.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know too many artists that would take this kind of risk with a a debut album, album, you know. Yeah. yeah. But um yeah no he i I admire that he's not afraid to to try something even it, you know even if it's something that I might not like uh, I admire that he's at least willing to try and if it do, he, even if it doesn't work, at least he tried it you know at least he's going for it you know and, and there really wasn't
0: anything here that turned me off no not at all but uh yeah, just some things you know worked a little bit better than others and and other things like I think they'd just be better live too. I mean, he could do almost any of this stuff. um, And if he's got the energy of the band with him, probably be able to pull it off a whole lot better. And I'm sure he's now got a good, you know, 25 years under him, you know, since this. I I don't know how long he was performing before this, but.
1: Uh, Well, he's had some legal troubles. Uh, In April 2012, he was charged with aggravated assault. and in 2015 he was forced off stage mid performance by the owner of a club in Gloucestershire who criticized him for lacking professionalism. Um he was forced off stage. Yeah, he was the club owner told him to get off stage cuz he thought he wasn't being professional. I don't know what happened. Um whatever. We're not here
0: to discuss that. We're here to discuss the album. And the and the album is uh I'd probably give it a I don't know, I don't usually rank things like that, but I'd
1: probably give it a good, you know, seven out of ten. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's it's a pretty decent album. Has some some weaker spots, but uh, overall a pretty uh, pretty enjoyable list. And I think I might go back and listen to the whole thing with, you know, the sort of different ears? Different ears, yeah. Hm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed most of it. Yeah. Yep. So uh, anyway, I guess we'll end the show there. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, uh, you can check us out at polyphonicpress.com. You can drop us a line. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at polyphonic press music. And, uh, you can, if you feel inclined, you can help us out, uh, by going to patreon.com slash polyphonic press. There's a bunch of cool stuff you can get there, including early access to these episodes. And, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, uh, I'm Jeremy Boyd. And I'm John Van Dyke. Take it easy.